Welcome to another episode of the Music City Drive-In, brought to you by the Drive-In Podcast Network. I am your host, Ricky Valera. On today's episode, we're going to give you a way, 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 way too early first look at the 2022 Oscars. As always, I am joined by my partner here, Mr. Jacob. How are you today? I'm good. I'm glad that uh, you're finally letting me talk about all this and glad that we're getting to do this now so that in four months from now when we do it again it'll be completely wrong yeah it's going to be interesting because obviously there's so many films coming out right there's so many movies coming out in a short time frame and then you factor in there's so many other movies that we don't know about that might be thrown in the mix as well so and and it's just a very um it's going to be a very interesting award season. There's going to be so much going on at so much at, at one time. It's going to be a lot to consume. And I really feel like these races, I think we are set up potentially to have some of the best races we've ever seen because of how short window this season's going to be. So give me your mm-hmm. initial thoughts before, and we're going to cover the big six today. Like we always do. Um, we will have a future episodes when we kind of get more aligned with what's going on. Uh, you can check out Jacob's way too early uh, 2022 Oscar predictions on the website, the music city drive-in, but give us your initial thoughts before we dive into the categories. Um, so my initial thoughts are we just finished the Oscar season Unlike any other Oscar season, not only was it, you know, 14 months long, it was the cheapest Oscars in terms of budget. Um, and, you know, comparing, I posted on a, uh, you know, a review or a recap uh, comparing last year's nominees versus the year before. And it's so different in terms of budget. I think the average budget of last year's nominees was 14 million with the high being 25 and the average budget of the year before was 65 million with the high being, I think 200 million for a budget, if not close. Um, and you know, like prestige films still 1917, uh, Joker, um, once upon a time in Hollywood, those kind of films that were big cast, big budget, uh, big studio kind of movies. And last year, you know, for sake of, you know, the movies wanted to make money, so they pushed back. I think a lot of the indies that usually are the underdogs finally got to be the giants for the first time in years. And so I think, you know, it was really cool what happened last year, but I think that this year it's going to go back to those studio blockbuster kind of movies. Because, I mean, you got to think, if if a West Side Story, if a Dune, if a – you know, Nightmare Alley, if a French Dispatch, if all those four or four or five, whatever I said, were in the race last year, I think those are probably guaranteed for nominations, if not wins. And so, you know, you've got Sound of Metal that won three awards, um, nominated for six. You know, you've got Nomadland. Um, Nomadland's probably still in. I doubt it, you know, wins anything other than maybe director and that's if they even go like minimalistic like chloe Zhao's was um you know the father i i bet if some of these movies were in i bet the father last year just gets a lead actor nomination and so it's one of those things it's like what happened last year was so cool but i don't see it happening again i think 
we're going to get a big return of blockbuster studio films because they're tired of paying for marketing and they're going to release all their stuff and it's going to be a lot more big budget than what it was last year. Yeah, that's one of the things that it's interesting. It's like what surprised me the most is obviously Netflix really came and really whiffed this award season. Like this should have been the award season that they really kind of came away with everything. And I don't think they played their cards right. Um, the way that Nomadland was like that first film that kind of came out the door and was like, hey, we're moving to February 28th. Like we're going to come out that last day we're eligible. And it came out a little bit earlier than that some in some places. But even so, like they played their cards right. And I think Netflix just kind of dropped the ball when it came to that. And this award season's it's possible it won't be very nice to them as either. You know what I mean? Because, you know, you're going to have these big time pictures that are coming out that should have been out last year. Like, could you imagine like if we would have had like a once upon a time in Hollywood come out last year, like it would have won probably it might've won nine, 10 awards. You know what I'm saying? Like we would have been like talking about a runaway picture, but without mm -hmm. further ado, we're going to go ahead and dive right into the supporting actress race. Um, I'm going to, I'm just, you know what? I'm just going to read off the five that you had on your, or the five nominees you had in your list. And then we'll kind of dissect some of the other names that we have. We, you had Amy Adams for dear Evan Hansen. We had Meryl Streep for don't look up and down for mass Kate Planchette for nightmare alley, Arian DeBois for West side story. And for me, obviously what stands out is Anne down for her uh, performance in mass. It's one film that we have seen that will be pushed later in the ward season. Um, just just looking at the glance, right? Obviously, Mel Street back in the race, Amy Adams back in the race, Kane Blanchett back in the race. This supporting actress kind of category already brings a lot of name value to the table, right? Yo, yeah, for sure. Um, and it's one thing, you know, people have come out and they told me that Julianne Moore is like 5A in my eyes. Um She's honestly probably much more likely than Amy Adams to get the nomination. They're both in Dear Evan Hansen. Julianne Moore's character on Broadway won uh, Rachel Bay Jones. She won the Tony for Supporting Actress. She has a much more showy role, a much more emotional kind of role. In my thinking, putting Amy Adams up there is just a – it's kind of throwing a dart at the wall and just saying, you know, if it sticks, then I look smart if it misses, then, you know, it's Amy Adams. Like, how can you go wrong? Like I'll, I'll put Julianne Moore in and uh, that'll be it. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, Meryl Streep, I think don't look up, you know, you have to put Adam McKay's past resume into effect and his last two films have done very well at the, um, at the Oscars, at least nomination wise. Uh, so you kind of have to think that Meryl Streep got in for uh, Florence Foster Jenkins and, Devil Wears Prada and, you know, movies that she was good in, but movies that didn't feel like Oscar <laughs> movies. And so I think having her back in a best picture nominee, potentially, um, I think she's in Kate Blanchett nightmare alley. I think the same thing, uh, you know, that's a Guillermo del Toro movie. That's a movie that could come away with not only a lot of above the line nominations, a lot of below the line as well, you know, Guillermo del Toro's, huge on using effects and uh vfx and you know cinematic qualities i think she's definitely in um ariana debose with her she's playing a character that already won an an oscar for the 1961 version so you have to think if they follow that same path that she has a good chance of getting in and like you said and Dowd, um i thought she was 
I mean, there were only really four things in mass and I thought she was one of the best four in mass. And um, I think that she is, uh, I think she's a theater actor that's been trying to make it further in Hollywood. And I think that mass could be that driving factor. And I'll talk more about the movie later as a whole. Um, But I think mass could be one of the kind of smallest. If you talk about and, um, indie-centric kind of movie. I think that could be one of the smallest movies to make it in, but it also might be the one that leaves the biggest impact when it comes to what it says um, in its themes and in its story. Yeah, for me, like it's like when I think about Mass, I think of one of two things. Like It's either going to be one of the films that is going to be really loved and it's going to be that wild card film, or it's just going to be the one that just kind of flies under the radar that gets a lot of indie love that gets a lot of um, love from, you know, the smaller critic groups and stuff like that and kind of is left behind. It's one of those films that's scary because of that reason, right? Because of the big pictures that are coming out. It's really worrisome that it might get lost in that shuffle. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is kind of scary. The one thing that I will say too, is I've noticed on a lot of different predictions across the board and, and I didn't see it too much with yours, but I'm seeing a lot of different variances on films that are coming out relatively in the next couple of months. And obviously in past years, if you come out before a specific date, you're really just looking, you're really pressing your luck to really have an opportunity to be nominated. And this plays, I think now more than ever, like I love a movie like in the Heights and I'm, I'm excited for it. I know you're excited for it. I can't wait to see it, et cetera, et cetera. But it's playing so early in the season. It's, and don't get me wrong, it's one of those films that you can ramp up a, a, again during award season, but there's so many things playing against it um, heading into this award season. You know what I mean? You have so many big different, you have mm-hmm. other um, theatrical musical style films that are coming yes. out for whether it's like, you know, Tick, Tick, Boom, Boom, and then, or Tick, Tick, Boom, and then you got West Side Story. You, you got Lynn, uh, he's doing his thing in, in Tick, Tick, Boom. And then, of course, there's so many different things are singing going on in that. You have West Side Story coming in. It's like, it's very easy to see films like In the Heights getting lost in that shuffle, right? Yeah, no. So it might not, it might not deserve what is eventually going to happen, I think. Um, and this, you know, for full discrepancy, this isn't me saying it. This is just me predicting something that could happen. But I think In the Heights could get a lot of comparisons to West Side Story both dealing with, um, you know, minorities, both dealing in New York, you know, as a movie, I don't think they're going to be similar, but they're both musicals set in the same place and dealing with, you know, Spanish minorities. And so I feel like those two type of films could receive a lot of the same love. And I think with West Side Story coming out on Christmas, Steven Spielberg, lot bigger known um you know a lot of people have it as one of the best best picture winners of all time and so i think that would eventually push it over the edge but it's like you said i mean there's just so i'm working on an article right now um trying to cover as many musicals in 2021 that i can and there's i mean i'm upwards to 15 like that we're going to get right now you know we're getting a little mermaid remake we're getting cinderella we're getting tick tick boom we're getting serrano um you know we're getting dear evan hansen west side story we're getting vivo sing two we're getting so many different stuff that is coming out and it seems like each of those is really 
trying to make itself into a prestige player. You know, Serrano came out. It's directed by Joe Wright, uh, who did Pride and Prejudice. It's got Peter Dinklage in it. It's scored by the Nationals. So it's like, I feel like a lot of these films are really trying to come out and make their name. And so that's why I think In the Heights, something that comes out in June of this year might yeah. get lost in the shuffle because I feel like most people, you know, other than me, um, and somewhat you, you know, you agreed to do this, are really not thinking about awards until come September. I think they're really kind of out of the loop when it comes to, not out of the loop, but like they're kind of over last year's long season and the ending and everything um, that happened. And so I feel like a lot of people won't start paying attention until it's too late to, um, too late to notice. And I think this could have the same kind of issue that, you know, Defy Bloods had last year with just a way too early release date um, and not being able to garner enough love later in the year. Yeah. And, and like last year there was a lot of competition, but if you really looked at the big picture of things, um, a lot of what our best picture represented it represented was dispersed throughout the entire nominations track. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you had a lot of nominations that correlated with what our best picture looked like, whether it was director, whether it was acting, all of the, a lot of those films were represented throughout. And this is, this could be a very off, a very off year because obviously this is the first year we're guaranteed to get our 10, right? You know what I mean? We're getting 10 best picture nominees this year. There's a lot of, it's, it's going to be a lot of duking out. It's going to be interesting to see how these studios handle a, a shortened season, but be a very fruitful season at that, right? It's, it's mm-hmm. kind of going hand in hand, which, you know, if you look at the names just at the supporting actor level, like this is, we're, we're looking at so many different names just on the supporting actor level. Like we're looking at, multiple nominee Bradley Cooper. We're looking at Adrian Brody, Oscar winner, Mark Rylance, Oscar winner, Adam Driver, Oscar nominee. Like there's so many different individuals that are, that are in play here. And to me, if you look at the big picture, the nominees were a little bit, I mean, our, 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 our ratings were a little down this year, right? You know what I mean? So you're, you're going to, it's not obviously the one that comes to the fact of the nominees, you have to look at the big picture. It's like, Am I going to put on a Jesse Plemons or am I going to give a Bradley Cooper? Right. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's what it's going to play a big factor. We talked about this on the show. We said what we, and we know what happens in award season because you see the people that come out and talk about these films and they sit there and say, Oh, well, you know, if I'm going to watch a film, if I'm going to sit down and watch something, are they going to sit down and watch something with Bradley Cooper? Or are they going to sit down and watch something with, Jesse Plemons. And we talk about that year in year out because they don't watch all the films, right? You know what I mean? They're not like us. We're just we're just movie people that do stuff like that, but they're not going to watch everything. So in an award season where there's going to be so much, it's going to, I think they're going to hone in a lot of these older nominees which we talk about over and over again that maybe they should change something and maybe we'll do a podcast of, you know, how we could fix the Oscars in the future. We yeah, that's a good idea. But for me, when you're looking at these big names and, and I literally named all the ones that you had nominated. And even if you look below the level, you're looking at a potential Al Pacino, you're looking at John David Washington. Like you have so many different names throughout this thing. And then of course it's, you know, you mentioned in your article about Adam McKay, you know, he singled out Mark Rylance for his, you know, work in don't look up. And if you click the, 
you know, thing in the article, you actually see something like that. But there's so many different things that are in play right now. You, you know, you have on, on other on other websites, you have Idris Elba in the conversation. That's somebody that's it's got a name. You know what I mean? There's so much going on in these lower categories and we haven't even touched the big categories yet. Right. No. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I think for me, supporting actor trying to pick and choose this early was so hard. You know, you've got something like um, a lot of people are saying Bradley Cooper could be pushed as lead. I don't, from what I've heard, I don't think his role is big enough to be pushed as a lead. Um, I think Cooper Hoffman will be pushed as a lead for that movie. Um, But yeah, I mean, Adam Driver could be pushed as a lead just depending on how the film goes. You know, the movie's about Lady Gaga, you know, planning to murder him, you know, spoiler, if anyone didn't know the story of the how, whatever. So it's about, you know, Lady Gaga's character planning to murder him. And so it's like, how much is he actually going to be involved in the story? Is he going to be a co-lead or is he going to be a supporting character to Lady Gaga's story? It's, it's really interesting how to look at, to look at how the supporting actors come into play. Cause even if, even if Adam Driver seems like a co-lead, we just saw last year where, four of the five nominees were leads. Two of them were from the same movie. And so supporting actor basically is who, who was the lead actor of the film that the movie's not about, you know? And so um, I think supporting actor is really hard to get a hand on. Um, I will say one person who I don't think is going to get in, I would love to see get in is Troy Kutzer for Coda. Um, I think he probably gave the best performance in Coda and I will be pushing for him at least throughout the season. Um, But I think that that's, that's again, that's something to where if Coda would have come out last year, Uh, Coda is a movie that would have garnered that kind of love over the course of the year. But I think in this season, it's going to be too gentle of a movie, too sweet of a movie. You know, it's going to, at the end, wrap itself up in a nice high bow and send itself off. And so I think, you know, Troy Kotsur would have been last year what Paul Racy was to Sound of Metal. And so that's one guy I hope gets in. I don't think it will happen. But, um, but yeah, I think supporting actors just hard to – it's hard to look at. Um, I think another yeah. thing that – I think another thing that we look at, I think this might be the best independent spirit award show that we might ever have mm-hmm. <laughs> just yes, based on, absolutely. you know, just based on the name value. Cause some of these are going to be smaller budget films, regardless of what kind of goes on. Mm-hmm. And I know, I think it's at 15 or $25 million threshold. Yeah. I, I think, think they bumped it up for hustlers. I think it was like a 25, even so 15, $25 million budget. But a lot of these films are being made on that lower budgets these days, obviously based on, you know, what's kind of happened and transpired, but you know, code is going to be eight and alive at the spirit awards. You know, there's a lot of different, I think mass will be another one of those that it's eight and up at the spirit awards, but it's, it's, it's going to be sad seeing the transition of it. Some of these not being ate up at the award shows, the bigger award shows because of what we saw, you know, mm-hmm. this year. And there's so many different films coming out, but you know, it's crazy. We sit here and talk about this, and then you go right into the actress category, right? You know what I mean? We've got the return of Jennifer Lawrence. We've got Nicole Kidman, possibly. We got Frances McDormand coming back. We got Margot Robbie coming back. You know what I mean? Like, we've got some big names. And then that's that was, I just listed all these people, and they weren't even on your list mm-hmm. for nominees. You know what I'm saying? We have um, Kristen Stewart, Jennifer Hudson, Anna Darmus, and, and even Lady Gaga. You know, it, it's, 
here we are, right? You know what I mean? Here we are again with a very, very potential loaded uh, actress category. Like this most recent Oscars was one of the best lineups we've ever seen at the actress because top from top to bottom, they were great performances. But for me, what kind of stands out is I would love to see some of these nominees. Obviously, we have Kirsten Stewart playing um, Princess Diana, which is like that to me, just from the pictures alone, if that doesn't get you excited about that film, then I, I you obviously it's just not going to be your cup of tea. You know what I mean? That That's just to me is is craziness, right? You know what I mean? So obviously, Anna de Armas, who's really just come into her own, is going to be playing Marilyn Monroe, right? And then, of course, you throw in, you know, you throw in Rachel, Z- uh, Rachel Zegger, who's going to be playing in, in one of the most iconic roles of West Side Story, right? Mm-hmm. You have so many. And then, of course, how can I forget Jennifer Hudson, who's playing one of the most iconic women in music, you know, history. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Playing um, Aretha Franklin in Respect. So these these women are portraying these absolutely mind-blowing women, right? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, like we're playing all of these. So it's like it's going to be these adaptations of these specific roles, but the the meaty ones at the top that we talked about, and then, of course, what's waiting in the wings, it's got power, right? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? This, has got, this, is, this could be another knockdown, drag-out fight, right? No, yeah, I agree. And this could be, you know all those and then you throw in Francis McDormand who's doing a uh, Cohen in sentence movie uh because Ethan's not do- helping him uh just a Joel Cohen movie um and it's like you said um I think you know Ana de Armas is playing Marilyn Monroe Jennifer Hudson's playing Aretha Franklin Kristen Stewart is playing or yeah Kristen Stewart's playing um Princess Diana uh Lady Gaga is playing I I'm not Italian enough to speak that name. Um, that was, that's, and why, then, that's why. That's why I kind of Patricia Regina. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then, of course, Rachel Zegler is playing Maria. And you know, in in the original West Side Story, Maria didn't get as much love as the supporting um, characters of the movie. But with how Spielberg has talked about Rachel Zegler, and with how she has done. She hasn't even screened her first movie ever done, and she's already in Shazam 2. And so I definitely feel like there's something that people are seeing in her from watching, you know, watching her on set, watching clips, watching whatever, that you kind of just have to trust the professionals in this situation. Um, but with the rest of them, yeah, I mean, it's it's absolutely loaded from top to bottom. Um and then, you know, and then you've got Nicole Kidman and being the Ricardos. And that's one where, you know, being the Ricardos could be such a huge player coming from Aaron Sorkin, um, but it's also Amazon. So who knows if they're going to keep up their trend from last year, if they're going to go back to what they did before. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just this actress next year could be as much of a whirlwind as it was this year. Yeah, and again, I think a lot of it it's it's going to be a volume, 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 volume. You know what I mean? Because you mm-hmm. know, some of these films might come towards the end of the year and look at that slate and be like, mm, we might be better off coming out next year. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you know, and, and but sometimes some of these some of these people, you know, some of these studios can't afford to sit on these. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's mm-hmm. it's it's one of the one of the other. And then of course now, we talk about 
how loaded the actress is. Now, I, let me just, I don't know if anybody from home watching this right now has ever, ever heard of some of these names that I'm about to tell you guys. You know, I don't think anybody's ever heard of these guys. Michael Fassbender, Adam Sandler, you know, Joaquin Phoenix, Michael B. Jordan, Michael Keaton, Brendan Fraser, Denzel Washington, <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio, Will Smith. I, I, it, like, what? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. what? Yeah. You know, it's like, this is... This is insane. This is this is absolutely absurd, and and like again, it's it's going to be a dogfight. And to me, what's exciting about this? Like, can you imagine an award season where we see Will Smith taking on DiCaprio and Washington Denzel Washington? You know what I mean? It could be one of the most fruitful seasons we have yet. And that even throws mm-hmm. in. Michael, you know, what if Michael Keaton slides in there? You know what I mean? A battle of Keaton. And it's just like just listing off these names. If that doesn't get you excited about the potential of what this year looks like, you know, and, and Will Smith, who, in my opinion, who my opinion should probably already be an Oscar winner. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He should be. You know, he's a two-time nominee. Could this be his year to really uh, – I don't think there's going to be a better person to have a campaign than that guy. You know what I mean? He's, he's already most, campaigning. He's already yeah, doing exactly. it now. Exactly. You know what I mean? And like he's – I mean I, I read it in your article. He's like the most likable guy. He's like one of the most likable people in the world, right? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Everybody loves Will Smith. So watching and getting a real campaign season, you know what I mean? Like a real mm-hmm. where he's going around and being Will Smith is going to be – and what's crazy is is – he's not exactly playing a nice guy. You know what I mean? Like he's not, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, playing Serena Venus's dad, you know, we know the stories, right? You know what I mean? He kind of whipped them into shape and, you know, to much to his, his uh, testament there, he did a pretty damn good job. If you ask me, yeah. you know what I mean? You know? Yeah, but absolutely. It's, it's loaded. You, you, we talked about Adam McKay. Like I, I've seen a lot of predictions across the board. We, you, you and I talked about it when the pictures came out, like when the picture came out, don't look up. It's going to be a player. It's Leonardo DiCaprio. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? For And that's not even throwing in Adam McKay. And then, of course, you throw in Jennifer Lawrence, who the Academy loves as well. You know what I mean? The Academy mm-hmm. loves them some Jennifer Lawrence. So not only that, you put those two together. Okay, you throw in Adam McKay. But now we're talking Denzel, who the Academy does like as well. You know what I mean? So we've got so... Him. Exactly. Nominates him for Roman J. Israel. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So as we talk about this, this loaded category, what do you think? Um, yeah, it's like you said, I mean, from top to bottom, you know, you've got, you've got Ben Platt who just in Dear Evan Hansen has taken over, you know, Broadway and taken over just that kind of cultural landscape for like younger actors. I mean, he, it's same thing, similar thing with Rachel Zegler, except more people had seen Ben Platt work. You know, he got casted in that 20 year make of, uh, Merrily We Roll Along that, um, Linklater is going to make for the next 20, 50 years or however long. Um, you know, you got Jason Isaacs who has been, has been typecast in a certain kind of role. And then I know you've seen the movie. I've seen the movie. You know, a lot of people have seen it. He completely heel turns into someone we have never seen from him before. Um, and then just going b- back to the bottom, Brendan Fraser, who's been, he's done nothing in the past few <laughs> years. Um, and he got life. cast he got cast in an Aronofsky movie that like, you know, when people, a lot of people, when they heard the whale and heard the name, I don't think they really did the research on what the play, the whale is. And it is a very, very depressing and 
kind of deep role and something that, you know, it's something you see like a Christian Bale do or, or a Leo or someone like that. You don't normally see a guy like Brendan Fraser do. And I think with Aronofsky, you'd never know what kind of movie you're going to get. You could get a mother, you could get a wrestler. Um, and so I think, you know, they, I think there's potential for Frazier to give the best performance of the year. Um, and then you got to think with, with Cooper Hoffman. I mean, that's, it's Philip Seymour Hoffman's son and it's in a PTA movie and it's going to be, I think his first role. So it's like, like what the hell, you know? And, and we go back to it. It's like you said, with Will Smith, I mean, dude, Duda started campaigning last week when he started posting the the pictures of himself and he was talking about how much, you know, and I, I applaud him because I couldn't do it, but he's talking about how much he loves himself and loves his body. But he's also started a campaign to over the next 12 weeks to have host a YouTube series where he starts to lose the weight and he wants to post before and after pictures. I mean, he is putting himself, he's already been putting himself on, the social landscape, but he's really furthering that more. And it's like you said, with a real campaign season where he's out, you know, shaking hands, kissing babies. I think he is, you know, he's just one of those super, super likable guys. And I think, I think a lot of people have wanted to see Will Smith finally break that, you know, break that wall into getting an Oscar. And I think this could be the kind of role, um, especially, you know, People from the cast, you know, they'll they'll always say their movie's amazing. But, you know, when I was listening to an interview with, I think, don't quote me on this, it was like nothing. Um, I think he's on this movie in some way. Um, King Richard, I think he's I think he's on the movie. It was either oh no, maybe it was John Bernthal. Okay, yeah, it had to have been John Bernthal. Okay, so. John Bernthal was doing an interview with, I think, Lights, Camera, Barstool, Lights, Camera, Podcast, whatever their name is. And he was saying, like, this is Will Smith's Oscar vehicle. It was like, this is what gets him that win. And, you know, people say, oh, Will Smith's performance is great. Um, You know, the movie's great, whatever. But to really put it on the line and say, like, this is what does it for him, that, you know, in a way too early prediction, that's when that's all you got to go off of, you, I mean, you got to roll with it. Yeah, so I was it's funny because I was like, man, who did he lose to um when he whenever he played Ali and then I realized that he did lose to one Denzel Washington. So mm-hmm. for training day, which I was like, man, thinking in my head, I was like, man, who did he lose to cuz he probably shouldn't have lost. And then I went and looked and I was like, oh, yeah, he probably should have lost cuz Denzel was amazing in training day, but it's kind of funny because Will Smith was up against um you know, he lost to Denzel then, and of course, in 2006, Pursuit of Happiness, which I just adore that movie. But he was nominated next to, to DiCaprio then. Obviously, they both lost to Forrest Whitaker. Um, but it would be pretty cool, you know, let's say, you know, uh, you know, 15 years later, they're going at All of them are going at it head to head to head. But, you know, and, and the people listening right now, if you thought that we were going to be like, all right, we're going to transition to a weaker category. You know what I mean? It's, it's time to talk about, you know director you know what i'm saying like are we going to talk about director and it's like oh man all right well, well what what directors do you guys have for us that we could talk about you know what what are the newbies well this guy named david russell you know taki with tt joe cohen wes anderson ridley scott you know Del- uh dennis villanueva adam mckay gilmore de toro 
Paul Thomas Anderson, Steven Spielberg. Like the list goes on and on and on of all of these potential directors that are in play. You know what I'm saying? Like there's so many mm -hmm. different directors here. You know, you've got so many big time names. You know, there's there's question marks whether Robert Eggers' film is going to come out this year. You know, there's there's so many other films and vehicles that we don't know what's what's going to be out in the world. But even with that being said, the list that we have is impressive, right? You know what I mean? Because you're looking, you're, the five names that you have in your list were Spielberg, Paul, PTA, Gilmore, uh, Adam McKay, Dallasville, and Nueva. You know what I mean? Like those are all big time players, right? You know what I mean? It, it, well, first off, it blows my mind to know that PTA doesn't have an Oscar. That's beside the point. Really, not, not at anything. You know, yeah. it, it, it really hurts my heart just to even think about that. But um, it, it's going to be a dogfight, right? And, and the mm. thing about it is, is throughout talking about this entire thing, West Side Story is such a wild card, right? Mm -hmm. Because the moment you found out this film was going to be made, the moment you found out Steven Spielberg was directing, the moment this vehicle started, you knew in the back of your head, everybody did, this is going to be an Oscars player. Mm -hmm. Period. You know what I mean? It's in the driver's seat. But the problem with it is, if it comes out last year, right, the competition wasn't super heavy. Like, it would have been. There's some films that would have came out, right? It would have had a battle. But I think West Side Story would have been in the driver's seat to really kind of maybe play the big-time role of, of getting the big-time nominations, maybe throwing a few wins in there. It had a chance. This year, it's mixing up, right? You know what I mean? Like Spielberg probably would have been an easy five in, in the easy five, right? You know what I mean? And looking at it now with how, with how deep this category is, it's very easy to see, all right, well, it, maybe West Side Story, it's just okay, which, you know, I don't think that would really surprise anybody. You know what I mean? I, I don't think it would. Um, I'm not expecting okay. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping it's going to be great. You know, I'm, I'm looking for a very fruitful season. But now he's looking at a dogfight to get in, right? Mm-hmm. And that, to me, is really what the big picture is here. Oh, sorry. What did you say? No, I'm you just saying. I, I did, no, no, you're fine. I just feel like that's the that's the big picture here. Is 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 West Side Story went from the big time player, which it still can be. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it's not going to be, but I'm just saying that it's got enough competition now where it might not be as big of a player as they had hoped it would be from the get go. No, yeah, I completely agree, and it's like you said, West Side Story is the biggest um, wild card. I don't think, I don't think there's a world where it's just okay in my eyes. I think there is a world where it's as good, if not better, than the original, and I think there's a world where we say there was nothing you could really expand on. Yeah, that, like when I when I watched the original, the first thing that hopped in my mind was this movie is a masterpiece what is Steven Spielberg going to bring to this movie that wasn't already brought? And I think this is one of the things where if it's anyone other than Steven Spielberg, it's not talked about as highly as we're talking about it. Um, and then of course you've got Adam McKay, Adam McKay last two movies, um, you know, similar, I forgot to bring this up with Leo, but Leo's last three movies were Wolf of Wall Street, Revenant and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, all Oscar nominations, one win. Um, Adam and there was even, there was, and, and not to interrupt you, but there was even conversation where DiCaprio didn't, a lot of people didn't think DiCaprio fit into that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood nomination, mm -hmm. right? You know what I mean? There was a lot of yeah. wavering throughout the season, and then people forget that it's Leonardo DiCaprio. And, and that's DiCaprio, the thing. 
DiCaprio campaigned about as much as Anthony Hopkins campaigned for <laughs> the father, which was absolutely none. Well, I don't know. And Anthony Hopkins is pretty funny on Twitter on, on his Instagram. I mean, he did mm-hmm. well. He did campaign his new candles, um, yeah. which had nothing to do with the movie. But but you're right, though. DiCaprio is not gonna. That's not DiCaprio's cup of tea. You know what I mean? It just isn't. But but it doesn't matter. He doesn't have to. Exactly. Right? DiCaprio. So it's crazy. Sorry. Go yeah. on. Yeah. And I think. Oh, you're good. I think the same thing with Adam McKay. You know. A lot of people, when Vice came out, they were like, oh, Vice is going to be a – or at least when they saw Vice, they were like, Vice is going to be Amy Adams, Christian Bale, and some other stuff. And then it came out and got a Best Picture nomination. Adam McKay got his second straight director nomination. He got his second straight writing nomination. He won for Big Short. And you know the movie did incredibly well, and I think it's, it's, it's hard not to put him in. Um, PTA, same kind of thing with – him his last movie came out he got best director he got best picture and i think with soggy bottom is and we'll talk more about it later i think that's going to be very much up up their alley and actually i forgot to i forgot to bring this up but i did i did see a small snippet where bradley cooper might be playing um i think it, chris christopherson's version of um of a star is born and i i i can't confirm or deny i don't know it's just what i've been reading doing research or whatever but i think he might be playing a different version of someone who was in a star is born which i think is just incredibly funny um yeah and then but it's like you said you know guillermo del toro just came off a massive movie spielberg um i think that top five is very strong and then with dune i I think Dune is going to be a lot like Mad Max when it comes to the Oscars. And if people don't remember, I know I vividly remember when Mad Max like basically swept the text, everyone said, George Miller is going to win director. And I think Dune is going to eat up the text. I think if Dune is good, then it has an adapted screenplay nomination in the bag. Um, and I think Denny Villanueva, can finally like break through and get that win and get that recognition he's been uh he's been calling for but it's like you said you know ridley scott wes anderson for french dispatch joel cohen back tight with td david o russell it's going to be a very strong year um it's one of those years where i'm actually really glad that um martin scorsese is try to make like the biggest movie ever in Killers of the Flower <laughs> Moon because that was supposed to come out this year and I don't think it is because it's only just now starting production and so it's one of those things where it's like uh, it could be rough it's like you said you know with Robert Eggers I've heard a lot of things that say his next movie The Northman is going to be much more like Gladiator than it's going to be like The Lighthouse right, which exactly. is going to be massive case, for <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's going to be huge for voters. And so I think director, I think every category is going to be strong just with the amount of movies we're getting in such a short amount of time. And I think director is no different. Yeah, it's it's wild. Like it's, it's you know, and it's insane because we're coming off a year where there was big names involved, but, you know, we're looking at some names and there's a lot of over potentially overdue Oscar wins coming. You know what I mean? Like I'll put, mm-hmm. like it's like this is the year for, 
you know, hey, if you were nominated for an Oscar like seven billion times, we might award you this year. You know what I mean? Like, or, or just a couple. You know what I mean? Because you got Will That's Smith, a- and you got Bradley Cooper, you've got Adams. That's another thing that I forgot. I completely forgot to mention. Bradley Cooper is also starring in Nightmare Alley, which you know have a, I've already put on here is I think it's going to be a big player. Plus, he has Maestro coming out, which I thought was 2021. It looked like it got moved back to 2022, but a lot of people are saying it's going to get released 2021, where he is writing, directing, producing, starring. And so that's another, I mean, that's another four nominations for him. He could double up actor, supporting actor. He could get picture. He could get writing. He could get directing. I think if he directs a good movie, I think he's he's in director combat as well because he had the kind of snub from the, his last ones. I think Bradley Cooper could, he's he could go into the Oscar night with eight and come out with 13, 14 nominations. And so it's like, it just is kind of one of those years that's like people who are very overdue could finally get their recognition. Yeah, it's crazy because even if you look at the big picture and and best picture, a lot of everything that we've talked about already, we've you know we've kind of weaved in with some of the films that are going to be kind of big time players when it comes down to it throughout the thing. You know, best picture, basically everything that you we've talked about throughout this entire segment is is in that running for best picture from soggy bottoms to dear Evan Hansen to don't look up to Dune to fresh fish, the French dispatch, um, house of Gucci mass nightmare alley, the tragedy of Macbeth and the West side story. But the thing about it is what's crazy is, is West side story is the wild card, but so is Dune, right? You know what I mean? Dune's a big time wild card because it's like, you know, understanding that you know we've we've talked about this a thousand times it's supposed to be the book that's unadaptable and there's you know he's got multiple movies potentially lined up and this is this is a big one for villanueva you know what i mean like it's a big one for him because it has to we have to see success right and it's not saying that he's not going to ever be able to make films again it's in a villanueva He, he makes great films right you know what i mean like his filmography is brilliant but but the thing about it is is like Dune's one of those, obviously, it's going to be a tech player. It's going to be below the line. I think really kind of no matter what. You don't have to be a great film to be in that below the line categories as you saw this year. You know what I mean? We saw what was it, the, the Love and Monsters or whatever got a mm-hmm. FX nominated. Yep. Why? Because I'm not, you know, nothing really came. Mulan got one. And, it, it, and it's not to say it wasn't a good movie because I thought it was decent. But like there was a lot of just what, why like type mm-hmm. of scenarios. And it's going to get those regardless, but Dune, how big of a player will it be? You know what I mean? Will, you know, I know right now you currently had him sitting as that winner, but it's like, all right, well, is it going to be the film that everybody says is unadaptable or is it going to be the Villanueva that we all love? Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, is is it going to be the prisoners? You know what I mean? Like, is it going to be that style? Not obviously that style, but the complete package, the way that Mm -hmm. film was obviously on a, much larger larger scale right yeah i think i think with him i think there's a lot of uh blade runner 2049 situation that could come up where blade runner 2049 was pegged to be this incredible spectacle movie you know it was a sequel to a classic and it came out and it kind of bombed at the box office and didn't really win all that much you know deacons won his first oscar but other than that, it's not like it was a massive 
film come award season, come box office, anything like that. And so I think, you know, there's definitely potential for Dune to be just like that. Um, you know, and then movie, I might be a little biased. I love the, I love the play. I love the music from the play, but I think a lot of people are sleeping on Dear Evan Hansen, which, you know, is a universal film has, you know, a decent enough release date, you know, it's back in August, September, something like that. But I think people forget how like massive Dear Evan Hansen was when it came out and how it like completely ate up at the Tonys. I mean, it won seven of the awards, um, including best musical it, it's starring the guy who is quintessentially Evan Hansen. I mean, Ben Platt was able to, I think he's only 27 at this point, so he can still play young. And, you know, it's got a loaded cast. It's got uh, Julianne Moore, Caitlin Deaver, Ariana DeBose, um, Amy Adams, Benj Pasek, or Benj and Pasek, who wrote songs for La La Land, who wrote songs for The Greatest Showman. You know, they're writing the songs for this and they're writing new songs. And I think, you know, I'm not seeing Dear Evan Hansen in a lot of places, but for me personally, I think that Dear Evan Hansen is going to be that, you know, like four quad of movie that it's every single, you know, hits every single kind of graphic lean on the way to the awards basically. And I think, um, at least for me, I think it's got a lot of potential in it. Uh, other than that, you know, we've talked about Don't Look Up. We've talked about Soggy Bottom. Um, French Dispatch is another one where Wes Anderson's, you never know what kind, you, you know what Wes Anderson movie you're going to get, but you never know what kind of Wes Anderson movie you're going to get, whether it's going to be the incredibly zany off the wall movie or the more straightforward kind of zany. It's always going to be zany. Um and then, yeah, and then Tragedy of Macbeth, I mean, Joel Cohen, and then Mass. Like I said, Mass is going to be probably one of the smaller films to get recognition. And I think I think with Mass, I personally see Mass getting in and editing and screenplay, and so that kind of lends its way towards Best Picture when it's got acting nominees as well. But I think it's going to be such a cultural type of movie and such a – you know, for better, for worse, it's story is going to speak to a lot of people. And I think that's going to be one where a lot of people have a very visceral reaction when watching it. I know. Um, and so I think that could get in and then not even other than that, you know, you've got King Richard, you've got next goal wins from Taika Waititi. You've got Canterbury glass from David O. Russell. Uh, if that gets released this year, whatever, um, and so I think this year is going to be very strong best picture category, but it's going to be, like I said earlier, a lot of big budgets, a lot of name recognition, a lot of, you know, who can campaign the hardest. And so I think that's what this season is going to come down to. Yeah, I agree a, a, a thousand percent with you because it, it just it blows your minds to even think about what we're the battle that's ahead, right? You know what I mean? The battle that ahead is is going to be very visceral. It's going to be very insane. It's going to be strange, and you know, folks, that's why we're here. That's why we're going to be covering it throughout the entire season. Um, Jacob, you know, had to you know plead, beg, and borrow for me to talk about it. I'm like, God, I'm exhausted, but you know what? You know, that's what we're here for. Now, what? <laughs> 
we cover the Oscar season the entire season. You know what I mean? And that's to, you know, the preseason, the first looks, the the whole nine. And we're going to be back, you know, here in the next couple months when we get a bigger outlook of potentially whenever some of these films start getting official, official release dates. I know some mm -hmm. of them do, but a lot of these other films, you know, whether they're in post-production, whether they're going to be edited in time, whether they kind of look at the big picture and be like, all right, well, maybe we might not be able to run this one out this year, but there's going to be, there's going to be a lot of factors, a lot of different things in play, but I can't wait to see a lot of these films. So I'm excited. Um, you know, not too, too excited yet. I'm tempering my expectations because this was the longest award season of my entire yeah. existence, but um, yeah. it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it even more so because of the big dog players that we have involved in this story, in this journey, that's going to make it a little bit more fun than years past because you know, like I said, with a Will Smith on the campaign trail, I'm looking forward to seeing that the most, honestly, because, you know, thinking back, was it 2000? I think it was like 2007 was his last nomination. So seven, yeah, seven was Pursuit of Happiness. Yeah, so 2007 was the last time, you know, 2006 or seven, whatever that was, was the last time we've seen Will Smith. And, and he hasn't really played in a whole lot, you know what I mean, mm -hmm. either. So, you know, this is going to be his first big time play um, in front of us, you know, Oscar wise anyway. So, yeah. So thanks for taking us, uh, following us down this journey of, of what the hopefully potential Oscars look like. And, uh, like I said, we'll, you know, Jacob and I will reconvene in, uh, in a couple months to, to kind of take a look at it again, make sure to tune in, uh, next week. We are going to be doing the very first episode of the music city drive-in, um, blockbuster show. Uh, it's going to be a little game show that we're going to host for a couple of weeks. I don't know how long it's going to be, but we've got a couple of exciting, exciting uh, challenges ahead. You know what I mean? We've got Jacob teaming up with our resident, Matthew Fox and Eric Langford to take on next week. They're going to take on, uh, is it Ryan, Amanda and Christian? So that should be a lot of fun. And then the week after that, we got a surprise for you. And we'll talk about that uh, next on next week's episode, but uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter at Ricky Blair underscore, follow Jacob at T 57, go to the music city drive in to check out, musicallydrivein.com check out all of our latest articles and movie reviews make sure to check out all the rest of the shows on the drive-in podcast network where you can find those on the musicallydrivein.com as well thank you so much for listening and until next time we'll talk to you guys later